Hey everybody, Brian Boyle here and welcome to Run Painless and Run Ageless. And if you've been here before, welcome back. And if you haven't, this is something new to you. If you've never been here to this podcast, I encourage you to go back to episode one. Find out who I am as a physical therapist, as a runner, why uh, you should be listening, who uh, who this podcast is for, and, and so much more. And uh, I think you'll find uh, everything you need right there. So I won't bore those that have been here before with uh, with that. But uh, if you do have any questions, you can send them to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at company5k.com. That's the number 5k.com, and uh, I'll be sure to get back to you just as soon as possible. And sometimes it does take me a little bit of time. Uh, I do have uh, a lot of folks, uh, you know, emailing me in between coaching clients and such. Uh, uh, it does uh, it does make a uh, uh, for a long day sometimes, but I certainly appreciate the uh, uh, the questions. So keep them coming in. So today I want to talk to you about the Ragnar relays and other relay races. And I, mean, I think the Ragnar is kind of the uh, the one that's most popular now. Uh, Hood to Coast is another one that uh, was popular. Uh, you know, there's there's some regional relays that uh, on top of Zion here in, in Utah that uh, you know that are of the similar flavor. But uh, you know, these uh, these Ragnars uh, you know have certainly caught on and they're they're going uh, throughout the world now. Even I, I was just on their website the other day as I was uh, you know responding to a reporter for um, for a request about uh, you know how do you you know prepare for a Ragnar. And uh, I noticed that they've got, you know, one in Australia now and, and some other places out the world. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting since they started right here in a, uh, in a little town called Kaysville, Utah. The, uh, the founders of that and have kind of expanded out to the rest of the world. So uh, pretty cool. But, uh, you know, when I, when I was asked about this uh, by a reporter about how do you prepare for the Ragnar, I thought, you know, what an interesting topic. And, uh, you know, I, I figured I'd share that advice with you here because I know a lot of people will get, uh, you know, especially if you're, if you're a known runner uh, and a Ragnar is in your area. If you've never done one of these, they, they uh, can be intimidating uh, to say the least. But, uh, you know, but I think there's a lot of things that, you know, make this very, um, you know, a very good thing for somebody that is a runner and somebody that is a, a long distance runner, especially that, uh, that has, uh, you know, history of, of longer distance running and, and is in a good shape. Uh, you know, how I equate this to is, is basically running a marathon. Um, so I figured I'd share some of those helpful tips with you, and uh, if you've got any other helpful tips, you can send them to me, like I said, at my email, brian at company5k.com, and I'll be happy to share those uh, as well. But uh, uh, basically, how you prepare for a Ragnar is you don't want to go into this thing cold, right? So I, I usually tell people, you want to train for a marathon, and that's how you're going to get to Ragnar, uh, or any of these other relay races for that matter. Um, you know, basically, the shortest leg is 12 miles you know, of, of, uh, you know, of three bouts. Uh, the longest is 21. That's for the relay. If you're on the trail series, uh, you know, again, you're anywhere between, uh, um, you know, 15 and 17 miles over those three legs. And then, you know, taking into consideration what if one of your teammates happens to become ill or doesn't make it and you're having to split some of those legs or, um, you know, just can't carry on. They get injured while they're uh, you know, injuries are a part of this. I've been a medical provider at Ragnar at the Wasatch back here um, for a number of years. And, you know, I've certainly seen a ton of different injuries 
that that they can come up from uh, from running these races, and, and uh, you know even the most seasoned runner can sometimes run into these things. So you know, it's always good to be prepared. And then when I say that, you know, I, I basically recommend training for 18 to 24 weeks prior to the race and running about 45 to 60 miles a week, which is, you know, lower end of the marathon training. Um, you know, and this is including your intervals and tempo runs and your long, slow distance. So, so nothing new, right? We, we, if you've trained for a marathon, this is what you look for. But what I then have people do, and this is the next step, and this is how I think that, that you can really prepare for Ragnar uh, or any of these relay races, that is I have my clients then run two to three times a day, at least three days a week, for three to four weeks prior to the event. This is key, right? So you don't do this every day, uh, but running two or three times a day breaks up very similar to the three legs that you're going to run in a 24-hour period in most of these relay races, unless you go for the ultra, which is you know where you may decide to run, uh, you know, 50 miles a piece. If you have four people, uh, I've seen it where six people have run, you know, uh, you know, 25 miles, um, you know, or, or 30 miles a piece uh, kind of deal. Um, rather, and so, you know, that, uh, same thing, but, it, but you're going to incorporate this two to three times a day, at least three days a week with a, with a rest day in between, and then three to four weeks prior to the event, you're going to start doing this. And what this does is it conditions your body to run multiple times a day with periods of either sitting or relaxing between those runs. So maybe you go to work, maybe you're relaxing and you're sleeping between that, you know, which is sometimes what happens, uh, you know, if you can sleep in a van or if you can sleep in a tent with other people around. Um, you know, and it just prepares you mentally to, to feel what you're going to feel like by having to stop and start in a race series like this. Most of the time, we're pretty good. You get started, you say, I'm going to power through this. You get done, you say, thank goodness I was done. Um, I can assure you, if you've never done this style of running, most people have not done a where you run as hard as you can for six miles, and then you stop, take a break for six hours, and then you run as hard as you can for six miles, stop and take a break for six hours, and then do that again, uh, you know, and hit repeat for that for, you know, for 18 miles. So if you've not done that, this really does do nicely to get a, uh, you know, training run in. And, and even if you're doing this as a training run beforehand, you know, even if you're just breaking up and, and you say, maybe I'm going to run 12 miles today, uh, you could do, you know, four, four, and four. Uh, you know, again, just working on that running and period of activity and then, you know, period of rest in between. One of the uh, the questions that the reporter asked also is, what are the, what are the things that I highly recommend doing during the legs of the race, right? So between your bouts of running. Uh, and I came up with, with three things that I really think are, are essential. So if you're new to this, and even if you've done it before, uh, my three things that I would recommend is hydrating, rolling out, and then seeing the physical therapist on site if your race has one. Not every race has one. Uh, I know there are certain, certain parts of the Ragnar that do, and, and uh, you're very fortunate if they have them. Um, but if you don't, then I recommend you know uh, at least the first two, the hydration and the rolling out. So hydration is key, especially if you know, uh, you're know you going to be excessively sweating. So even if temps aren't excessive, so if your temperatures aren't excessive one way or the other, uh, you are going to be sweating. You're going to be running as fast as you can for you know periods of time and then getting over with that uh you know and then going to a resting or some sort of traveling in between the legs if you're if you're in the relay series so it's essential that you're hydrating sometimes what ends up happening is because you're in a van and you're traveling and you don't have access to a porta potty people won't drink as much and i would encourage you 
to do that, okay, to drink as much as you can, even if you have to have, have the van pulled over and, and you know, use the side of the road, um, you know, you're still going to be better off than, the, than not doing that at all. Um, and then rolling out. So the the rolling out is uh, is essential uh, because it increases blood flow without reducing performance. So the uh, you know we want to limber up the muscles. You get tight. You get in and out of the van. You're getting into a tent, a sleeping bag. You're in the trail series. Um, you know no matter what you're doing, you're probably going to stiffen up, especially after you've you know you've raced as hard as you could. So rolling out is, uh, is preferable because you don't reduce the elasticity in the muscles. So static stretching uh, doesn't do that, uh, you know, that great. It does reduce that elasticity, the stored elastic recoil, which is needed to run fast. Um, so rolling out gets the blood flowing, reduces any muscle tension and cramping, uh, and also then increases the, uh, uh, the body's ability to recover faster. I like the T-pin vector, the vector T-pin as, as mentioned before, um, you know, that's just, it's easy to travel with, it's shaped nicely, it's got the proper firmness, uh, you, you can use it anywhere, uh, you know, it fits well in, in a bag that fits in, easily in a van and, and in a tent, you know, big foam rollers are, are sometimes very difficult to, to place and, and get bulky at times, uh, so the, the vector uh, T-pin, uh, you know, is, is the way to go. And then also, the uh, if the physical therapist is on site, the reason why I use the uh, I recommend this is I've seen lots of injuries. I can't tell you how many times people have come in after um, you know stage one at the major exchange there, and, and uh, after their first leg, and they've said, "Well, I've got this ache and pain. Um, you know, we've taken care of it." And then they popped in at the next exchange or the third exchange, and just said, "You know, I'm so glad I saw you. I've been great and, and going on." Uh, other folks are are hobbling in leg one. We get them to through their leg two, they hobble in for that exchange after their second leg, uh, you know, and we help them get through leg three, and then after the race, they're coming back in to get worked on. Um, you know, those are the folks that are obviously going to come and see us just because they're at wit's end. They want to make sure that they finish the race, but they're not sure what to do. Uh, and other folks have just come in, you know, after the second or third leg, and they just want some TLC. They just want, uh, you know, whether it's uh, some massage, they want uh, somebody to roll them out, uh, you know, they want uh, some blister relief, whatever it may be. Uh, we've seen it from blister relief all the way through hypothermia because the temperatures dropped at the, uh, you know, the Ragnar Trail race in, in southern Utah. Uh, you know, so so the reality of it is is that utilize the benefit of having a physical therapist on site. It's free, and so why wouldn't you, right? Now, the last thing, basically, it says, uh, you know, they were asking about, you know, what do you advise people not to do? And this is the this is the not category. So do not whatever you do, do not do these things. Okay, the three things I came up with were static stretching. Uh, eating new foods and alcohol. So static stretching, as we talked about rolling out, is the best. Static stretching, unfortunately, does reduce the elasticity and the, the recoil of the muscle. So if you static stretch, and that means holding a stretch for 30 seconds to 60 seconds, as I talked about in a previous episode, um, you know, while good and to do that daily, I recommend you do that at the end of the race, not during the stages of the race. Okay, so hold the static stretching for later. Do the rolling out during, and you're going to be that much better off. The next thing is eating new foods. So sometimes you get to an area or you travel to the race, and you're setting yourself up for some different foods potentially. Um, you know, I've been part of these relays where folks have wanted to stop at a restaurant. And be like, oh, there's a restaurant here. I know between this, we've got some time. Especially if you're in a different van, 
uh, you know, and I was trying to bring enough food for me for those 24 hours that I'm going to be able to maintain the calories that I need, uh, whether it's energy bars or whatever it may be, but things that I understand that I can eat, or if we stop at, you know, a gas station, and there's a subway or something that I've eaten in the past, I stick to foods that I know I'm going to be comfortable with while running. Right? Start trying new foods. The odds are that you're going to have some sort of gastric and GI distress. And unfortunately, you're going to be in the bathroom more so than, than anything else. Um, to that point, also then alcohol, same thing, even though everyone wants to be at a party and everybody wants to have fun, uh, you know, alcohol can lead to dehydration, cramping, overall poor performance, um, you know, you're going to be sluggish, you know, you may even be just, uh, um, you know, having a, a good time and forget to go out and run your race. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody, wait till at the end of the race. Okay, uh, to have any new foods or alcohol, and uh, uh, you know, at that point, you can, uh, uh, you know, you can go about, uh, you know, doing whatever you want to do. But again, if you're there for performance, you're there for, uh, you know, best results. I would say avoid, you know, static stretching, avoid new foods, and avoiding alcohol. So hopefully, you find some value in this. If you do, please share this with your friends, your family, your training partners. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel, The Mesh Tongue, M-E-S-H Tongue, like the tongue of the shoe. And what you'll be able to do is uh, find all sorts of other helpful hints, tips, and, uh, and tricks for uh, for running. And uh, check out the show notes for some other uh, some other valuable information. Until next time, we'll see you again. Take care.